Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 Wells Fargo Championship Research, picks, preview, first look. Got it all here for you. Reminder to play in the Listener's League. It's down in the description. There will be no Listener's League next week for the Byron Nelson. Then we're coming back in full force for the PGA Championship with a giant Listener's League. But only if we fill this one pretty quickly. So I believe there's 3,000 spots this week. So let's try to get it by like Tuesday night. That way we might get the max for the PGA Championship, which would be $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money. Who wouldn't want that? That sounds pretty good. Not paying rake and such. And same as this tournament. There's no rake in this tournament. So please go play in that right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. I'll be doing my walkthrough on Fantasy National today. Probably no research show next week either. I'll be away for the week. Uh, I'm actually leaving early this week, but fear not. Me and Feinberger are still going to have our pick show for this tournament. Tambo's going to join me in studio. There's no live chat, so he'll be on the DraftKings pick show this week. Plus, I got a bunch of golf no, banked content coming out uh, in like 10 days' time. Will Haskett, Brennan Gadula is joining me for two separate shows. The Custy Awards are next Monday. Challenge Fantasy. We got a ton of stuff coming up, so please sub to Mayo Media Network. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. All that fun stuff. As we get going, it's an exciting time. Smash the like for the video while you're here as well. And shout out to our friends on Game TV Network. It's always fun to have my name pop up on people's channel guide, so thanks for tuning in! I'm shocked that you didn't see Pat Mayo and turn it off, but hey, here you are, so thank you for tuning in and watching. This week, before we get into the Wells Fargo, that's at a new course, by the way, so just keep that in mind. I mean, it's not a new course, but it's not being played at Quail Hollow. That's where the President's Cup will be played later on this year, so in years when... Quail Hollow hosts a major championship like it did in 2018 that the Wells Fargo switches locations for that year as they do not play the same one twice. That was not the case for, I think it was the 2008 Ryder Cup where they played it at uh, Le National in France. I have no idea if that's actually the name of the course or not, but they played the French Open there. That's why you saw a lot of the Americans go play in L'Open de France before playing in the Scottish and then going on to play in the Open Championship. That's just not the case for these American courses when they are the host venue. But before we jump into that, I want to talk about Mexico just a little bit because I think it's kind of intriguing when we go take a quick look at what is happening on the leaderboard. And obviously I'm filming this before we know the overall result of what is going 
going to happen, but I thought it was just intriguing nonetheless. Now, obviously, this is not going to be a huge guide to exactly how to win at DraftKings, because if you played this, then obviously you would have guys who missed the cut. But when we think about this course as of next year, I really like this course, by the way. It's been really fun to watch. I think it's because my guys are doing all right. But driving distance. We talked about this going into the week. Would driving distance matter? And I think we're seeing that play out pretty well. See the top four over the past 24 rounds in driving distance gained all made the cut. You have the guy who is number one, Cameron Champ. He is T2 going into the final round. John Rahm, who is three, is first place going into the final round by two strokes but even as we go down the list you see Kirk Kitayama was ninth he's t2 right now and then you have your guys who I mean you 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 came through with Kitayama because he had the driving distance he's hitting his approaches really well and he's had hot then cold then hot putting weeks and that's really what you want uh, I decided to go with Peter Uline in my lineup who left one on the bunker on the 36th hole to decide to miss the cut by one stroke, thus costing me my best six of sixes, my main lineup. That's always fun to have. You see, like, Mullenix was in the mix earlier on. He's still T24. Haggy is T13. Callum Terran, a guy who I actually rostered. <laughs> fun, fun times for Callum Terran, but, but he was eighth, and he did end up squeaking through to make the cut. So only Bramwagon and Curtis Thompson of and Kevin Tway, I suppose, of the top ten guys ended up missing the cut. Gary can't buy a putt all week. He's like minus five strokes putting, one of the tops in T to green so far. So that's worth keeping in mind. But he was 11th. He made the cut. You have my guy, Martin Trainer. He keeps hitting it out of bounds. At least he did in the third round, but he had a really low round as well. So you can just see like T4, Patrick Rogers. So you have first, second, second, and fourth all inside the top 20 in driving distance. Davis Riley is 22nd. He's also T4. So when people tell you about driving distance in a year's time at this course, just keep in mind that that's probably the route that you want to go down. You're going to have to be a little bit more picky and choosy about what goes on uh, in terms of your lineup, because obviously not everyone came through, but that does appear to be the biggest indicator moving forward that we have. So let's go to the Wells Fargo Field. Once again, not being played at Quail Hollow. It will be at TPC Potomac this year, where they hosted the 2017 and 2018 Quicken Loans. So we can take a look at, well, obviously we are going to take a look at what happened those years, and you'll see, I don't, I mean, the winning trend uh, seems to be a certain skill set of player. Spoiler alert, I'm betting Corey Connors to win this week. I don't care if he's 20 to 1. That's just the route that I'm going, and hopefully he can make some putts. That would be fantastic news, but it's that type of player, as we're going to find out. Uh, a little bit later on. Shout out to anyone out there as well. If you want some free money on a DFS site, uh, I'm not going to say which one it is. It's not available in Canada, so um, you can't go in and go do that right now. But if you're in selected of the states, I think it's like 37 of the 50 states have this available. Email thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com uh, and you can have 25 bucks to go put on that site. Uh, just hit me with your email and we will be good to go on that front. So once again, thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com trying to boost up their numbers a little bit and hey, I'll pay you to play on the site and you'll get a deposit match. So it's like a free 50 bucks, really. Uh, and you can go mess around, play some golf on there. It's actually quite a bit of fun in the limited amount of times that I've gone to play it. And obviously, no problem with withdrawal or anything like that. It's been top notch, at least according to the people that I've put on so far that have run some tests on it. So it's legit. It's good to go. The Pat Mayo experience at gmail.com to go access that free money. Talk about the field. I saw some people comparing the field this week 
uh, to the field next week for Quail Hollow, and like it's not really the same. So we got some guys at the top here. You got Rory, Answer, Connors, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Leishman, Casey, Webb, Finau, and Henley. All pretty solid players. I mean, there's no John Rom, but we get Rory in his place, and then much better players uh, towards the top of the field, considering Finau and Woodland were the next two guys in odds after Berger withdrew at the Mexico Open. I mean, Finau's in this field, Woodland's in this field. They're not going to be favorites by any stretch of the imagination. So Woodland's also here. Sergio Homa, see, woo! Kim, Luke List, Jason Day, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Sung Kang. There's a reason I bring his name up. We'll talk about that in a second. Seamus Power, Johnny Vegas. And then you got you know, your Cameron Youngs, your Keith Mitchells, Brian Harmons of the world, Keegan, Seb Straka, who's just been an absolute hot fire coming into it. Mito's back after his back injury. You got Cooch, Hubbard. I mean, Hubbard's stroke, I mean, he's not having a great week. I believe he's four under, uh, at least into his round overall, into the final day at the Mexico Open. But that's where we're standing right now. Lashley put on, put, putting on the Ritz a little bit. You got Hot Fire, Dylan Fratelli, Matias Schwab, Joel Damon. Yeah, this field is significantly better than what we saw a week ago. So I wouldn't be sweating anyone who says that... Uh, it's comparable to this Mexico field. But I think it's important to dig into the course a little bit because we have TPC Potomac. It is a par 70. And if you want to find it uh, right away, I mean, I don't know if Moose has it in or if he still has. I mean, I, I suppose I can just click here and try to find out what's going in. Now, of course, he has Quail Hollow still up. Moose, get off your ass, pal. Uh, but you can find it. Quicken Loans, 2008. And we can dig into TPC Potomac at Jim the Anvil Nightheart Farms. And take a look at the course breakdown and see what we got going on. It's a shorter course. Like I mentioned, 7,160 yards, only a par 70. This kicks off at least five straight weeks of bent grass greens. We have not seen much in the terms, uh, in the way of bent grass so far this season. This is usually a midsummer type thing, but we did have Augusta, although I don't think that we're going to see too many greens resemble what we see at Augusta National, but we start with bent this week. It's bent next week at the Bunny Ranch, uh, the PGA Championship. I've already recorded, not the complete breakdown, but I did an interview with Stephen Ames's caddy, who just happens to to be the guy that did all the yardage books for Southern Hills. So that's a really intriguing conversation that I have with him. He joined me live from the course where Stephen Ames was playing. And Ames played really well in the senior PGA championship that was at Southern Hills last year as well. So some good insight from him, what types of players and how the course has changed since we last saw it in a major championship, which was the 2007 PGA championship, the Tiger Woods won. A lot has changed at Southern Hills since then. Uh, even since Byung-Hun Ann won the U.S amateur there. I believe that was 2009 or 2011. Can't quite recall at the moment. Either way, uh, that will be out on not this Friday, but the following Friday. So yeah, we will have plenty of information for you going forward. So as you can see, we look at the course breakdown. You got your, it's a par 70. So you got your two par fives, uh, hole number two and hole number 10. They are the second and third easiest holes on the course. Not going to be making a ton of eagles. If you're ever going to make an eagle, it's going to be on the par 414th. It is a 299 yard par four. You can see a 4% eagle rate on that hole. Uh, but that's really going to be about it. You see, there's one, two, three, four. I guess the, I guess number 13 is pretty easy as well. That's the fourth easiest one. So you can get a nice little run here on the back nine because number 10 is a very easy hole. Like when we sort it by hole number itself, uh, you can see number 11 is devastatingly hard, but 
after that, before and after, you have the third easiest, the third, I mean, the, well, let's see, this rated 16th, 13th, 15th, and 18th. So 10, 12, 13, and 14 is where you want to be doing your scoring. They're you know, short par fours or they're par fives and a really easy par three that's just under 170 yards. That's really going to be where the damage is done. You can see some doubles or worse on some of these holes, though. Number 11 is going to be an absolute killer. It has almost, it has over an 8% double or worse rate. That has to be one of the hardest holes that we see all year long in terms of big numbers being made. But don't, don't sleep on number four, though, with almost a 5% double or worse rate, a 23% bogey rate. So you can get yourself into trouble a lot here. That's why when we go look at the skill set that ends up coming through, at least in the two times that we've seen it played at this course, that is going to be uh, kind of leading and kind of telling from what we see. We take a look at the top five finishers overall. You can see strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the tee, the most meaningful. Uh, strokes game putting is always going to be there around the green means a little bit less and we'll try to figure out why that is the case a little bit later on you see some of these deeper approach shots you're going to get your plurality from around 175 to 200 but also 150 to 175 beyond 200 yards that's going to be your giant bucket of holes because you can see there are six par fours that measure 450 to 500 yards you can tread water on those holes all of a sudden, things are going to go a whole lot more swimmingly for your scorecard going forward. We saw in 2008, plus two was the cut. It was plus five in 2017. Now, obviously, four years is a long time. The overall strength of these fields has gotten a lot better in terms of what we see on the PGA Tour. So maybe that goes down a little bit. But here's the big killer right here and what we're going to dig into. Driving accuracy for the week. It's only 58% of this course. It's only 62%, so it's not that meaningful, as you can see, but greens and regulation are a lot lower than your tour average. Uh, it's around 66% on average. It's around 63% here. That was back then. I assume I haven't seen, I went and looked at the course. It doesn't seem to be too many changes that have been made. Scrambling is way down here, uh, three putts per round, uh, a lot smaller. So you're going to see you know, a, a situation where, uh, it's if you can get it, hit your greens and regulation, you're going to make a lot of pars. And par is good at this course for the most part, and you're going to end up with a lot of birdie putts. Now, that obviously plays itself out at a lot of courses, but where three putt avoidance uh, has ended up, you know, not not playing that big of a factor because you don't see as many as you would in a normal week, then all of a sudden it looks a little bit better. So let's go back again. You can see the greens hitting fairways were around average. Green speeds were fast, uh, calm conditions. Obviously, we'll have to check the weather report leading up to the event to figure that out, but less than 7,200 yards. Bent grass greens is what we're looking at. That's how it played in 2018. You can see, hey, who are some of these guys that are up there? Hmm. A uh, lot of accuracy out of Francesco Molinari. A lot of accuracy, for sure, out of Ryan Armour. Molin this was during Molinari's, I believe, amazing run uh, where, jeez, oh, Aaron Badley. Not a great week for Aaron Badley, but uh, where are we at here? There we go. Uh, yeah, Molinari won by eight. Uh, he was on quite a tear at this moment. Now, this wasn't, this was the year before, I believe, he won the Open Championship. Or was it during that run? Now I can't even remember uh, what ended up happening. Because he, no, yeah, because he ended up winning this. He won Wentworth, and then he won the Open Championship, I believe, is how it went. Uh, so it was a great summer for old Chesco Molinari. And it was running pretty well, too. So yeah, so let's see here. Yeah, in 2018, he won Wentworth, then he won Quicken Loans, then he won the Open Championship, all in succession. He had that great week at... 
where the hell was it? John Deere, but Michael Kim was untouchable that week, so that was the end of him. Uh, so you can see some pretty decent putters are up here, but Mr. Accuracy, Ryan Armour, he ends up there. Um, you know, it's a lot of accuracy-type players who ended up near the top of the leaderboard. When we, even when we scroll back a year, it's like plus, it's basically guys that are good off the tee despite not hitting the ball far. So when we build the model out, I don't have one for this. We'll have to build it on the fly. We're going to look for strokes gained off the tee and driving accuracy or fairways gained as we call it which is a better stat that we have at fantasy national and hopefully that can help us you know, parse through what we're doing a little bit here uh you can see i mean molinari was just great in all facets of the game so if you have your like even like the brian stewards of the world i have no idea how brian stewart ended up doing in this week he did not do well did not hit the ball well at all but that like sort of player is more live at this course than you would see at some of the others now tita green when you gain 17 points three strokes you're probably gonna win uh that tends to happen but like palmer charles house stewart sink all did really well tita green burgoon landry answer armor Merritt, gay tiger woods that week had a great putting week i you know, bent grass he, he does i mean he dominates on every surface when he putts well but oh hot fire dylan meyer haven't seen him in ages uh leash actually did pretty well there too uh and when we take a look at sung kang i'm gonna bet that yeah there we go 4.3 eight strokes gained putting and eight on approach that week too. his putting from five to 15 feet like lately despite the results not being there have been really good so let's take a look at how these guys did it and we'll take a look at the fairways gained like lots nine strokes gained on the field in terms of fairways six for ryan armor four for abraham answer four for andrew landry eight for brian gay now you have your other guys with distance plus distance that get in there kang hit a neutral amount of fairways tiger was just below burgoon was neutral hostler was just lower uh then you have your entire run here of guys that missed a lot of fairways then you start getting back into gaining a whole bunch jagger neiman meyer Howell, Merritt, horschel ct pan sink and potter they all dial back off the tee they all hit their fairways and that's how they ended up avoiding the big numbers now the number that you see for the winning score for Francesco Molinari from that year is like, oh my God, birdie fest galore. We had a guy get to minus 21, minus 13, minus 12. If we take a look at the year before when our main man, Kyle Stanley, ended up winning this event, minus seven in a playoff with Charles Hal. You see Hal ended up finishing well both years. So did Fowler. So did Sung Kang. Leachman, two top 15s over that time. So that's interesting to go back and look at, that those were the guys that ended up playing really well. You know, Streelman's actually a really good comp for this course. Uh, let's see how he ended up doing at the quick and loans in both the years, but it's that sort of player. Like he's, he can get really hot fire with his irons. You know that he's not going to get himself into a lot of trouble. Like that's the path of least resistance. Obviously a bomber who dials down a little bit or ends up just driving it completely straight all week is going to absolutely crush this course and make mincemeat of it. But that is few and far between of guys that we see ending up doing that. So I wouldn't just rely on that number. So you can see he was 32nd after a terrible chipping and putting week. At Quicken Loans in 2018, T17, the year before, this was the Kyle Stanley year, but you can see off the tee, he's gaining a bunch because he's hitting all these fairways because that's what Kevin, Str young gun, Kevin Streelman, that's what he ends up doing. Even Big Bad Bryson back in the day before he was big and bad, he was just regular Bryson who played a very strategic game off the tee, made some putts, but hit every single fairway going. I don't know how the hell Mark Leishman was doing this stuff, but hey, here we are. Like He's one of the biggest sprayers. Like you, you Pornhub... 
Mark Leishman, and you type in Sprayer, Mark Leishman's like the first hit that you're going to find. That or Kurt Kitayama in the third round at the Mexico Open. Dude was everywhere off the tee and still managed to have himself a good round. Hey, Nick Watney. Stat, the stat model always loves old Nick Watney. We'll see how he ended up doing at this course. Is he someone that uh, maybe that we can go to as a sleeper here this week? If I spell quick correctly, maybe we can find it out. Let's see, 64th and 13th, bat off the tee. Great on approach, both those years. Could not make a putt to save his life in 2018, however. Not really a great run for him going forward, but yeah, Heritage should have been a better course for him. Uh, Arnold Palmer gained all the strokes putting. Honda, no idea if he played in Mexico or not. So you can see a couple guys uh, pop up there. Another pure accuracy guy, Spencer Levine, he ended up playing. So I don't know whether it's going to play as difficult as this year when Stanley ended up winning, who is kind of, a lot, again, he's a, one of those ultimate, along with Connors and Molinari. Um, I mean, Keegan Bradley, to an extent, is more this guy now than he was then. He had a lot more distance comparatively to the field back then. Uh, Kevin Streelman's another one who I just kind of harped on that they are good off the tee. They're like average to slightly above average distance off the tee, but they're incredibly accurate drivers. I mean, that's the Kyle Stanley philosophy. And as you see, how many strokes do you think that... Kyle Stanley ended up gain putting when he won a tournament. Oh, yeah, minus 1.1, because that's what he's going to do. Um, but he did gain, he gained 13.6 strokes tee to green because he was just dynamite off the tee. He was dynamite with his approaches, and the chipping and putting were eh. But he didn't need it because he just outstruck everyone in the ball striking department over and over and over again. So if we take a look at the fairways gained uh, this year, you can see Hal, Fowler, and Laird. I mean, Laird was basically even, and Leishman was spraying it all around the place. Kyle Stanley ended up just gaining a ton. That's how he ended up lapping the field. Then you have the rest of the top 10. So maybe this is better for your sleepers. You take your names at this tournament, the good guys that you just assume are going to play well anywhere, and then when you're looking for your sleepers, maybe you do really target these fairways gain-type monsters. Johnson Wagner, Spencer Levine, Ben Martin, Keegan Bradley, David Lingmurth all gained at at least 3.9 strokes in terms of fairways against the field. Then you have this next range, Bill Haas, Jeff Ogilvy, Jason Gore. All they did was hit fairways all week. That was good enough. Bryson uh, gained four on the field there. So it's a situation where if you're gaining a ton of fairways, I'm going to continue to harp on this. Maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe the course plays completely differently. Maybe 2022 is now just a new time. This doesn't matter as much, and distance will end up prevailing over anything. But I just wanted to juxtapose it with Mexico. When we looked at the driving distance gained leaders, they all really ended up doing well, or at least well into the third round, to find the top of the leaderboard in a week like we had at TPC Potomac that is not exactly what we're looking for. So I thought that was pretty intriguing to go back and look at to see if that's a way that we can identify some sleepers this week. Watch out! It's time for an ad break. Bird dogs have completely changed the game. Bird dog shorts, pants, and joggers are made from the finest, high-quality material and come with built-in liners that cradle your stovepipe for all-day comfort. Who the fuck likes being uncomfortable. If you're not wearing bird dogs this summer, you probably poop with your pants on. It's time to upgrade to the shorts and pants of the future. Your balls will thank you. Go to birddogs.com and enter promo code MAYO and they'll throw in a free bird dogs Yeti tumbler. They found Yeti's $90 tumbler, copied it, and now bird dogs is giving you it for free. That's birddogs.com promo code MAYO and boom! A free bird dogs tumbler with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off. I promise you. 
Element is the tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. It contains science-backed electrolyte ratio. 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. With none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks who follow a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigues, and weakness. And I know when I was waking up in the morning, maybe when it's not super nice out, maybe I'm just down in the morning, but I have fatigue. I have a ton of headaches sometimes when I wake up. And honestly, I started using Element, just dump the little pack into my water, shake it up in the handy water bottle that they gave me, pound that back first thing. Don't need a coffee to get rid of a headache. Nothing like that. I feel great instantly afterwards, and you can too with Element. And Element's so sure that you'll love their product and come back for more, they're offering you a free Element sample pack. That's eight single-serving packets free. Just cover the cost of shipping. That's $5 for U.S. customers. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash mayo. This deal is not available on the regular website. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash mayo. Element offers a no-questions-asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend, and we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Likely time to go build the model and see how we do here. We're going to look at some bent grass putting a little bit later on. Let's see if I have a TPC Potomac. I didn't actually even end up looking. TPC Boston. Do I have a Quicken Loans? Is that in here somewhere? Quail Hollow needs fixing. It sure does. Although I should have listened to it last year because it was really good last year. Let's add a new one. Build from scratch. See what we got going on here. We go to the bottom. We're going to take everything out. The one thing that we want to look at is off the tee and compare that right next to each other with fairways gained just to see if we can get two guys that rate out very highly in both of those numbers because you don't just want a fairways gained guy who still sucks off the tee you want some combination of the two i, I think that's probably the best route you can go po to mac that looks right real housewives of tpc potomac hopefully lucas glover's wife isn't on that although that would probably make it for a pretty good show i'm not gonna lie to you let's go to strokes gained approach obviously the most important stat every single week and now we are going to take another look at where are we at here Driving distance, greens and regulations gained, good drives gained. Now, I want to hit that key par 4 range that we talked about. So par 4 is going to be pretty important this week anyway, but these are the ones. 450 to 500 yards that are really going to separate the field from everyone else. I'm going to throw in putting, uh, but I'm going to do this in a bit of a different way here. So let's just take a look at putting overall. And let's see here. Putting from 10 to 15 feet. And we're going to take putting from 15. And we're going to dig down deeper a little bit on this later on. But I want to add in these two key ranges because, you know, you're going to be saving power. You're going to be making birdies from this ranges and from that range. These ranges. Listen to me. You can barely talk. It is a Sunday morning. So, you know, cut me some slack on that one. And we'll put in proximity range 70. We'll go 150-75. I mean, we're just kind of throwing stats here. This might evolve during the course of the week. But just on first impression, this is where I want to go to with a lot of this. 
275 to 200. And we'll weight all of these around. I mean, we're going to juice up approach, obviously. We're going to make that 35%. That's still the most important thing. And we're going to go to opportunities gained as well, uh, which is a green regulation or green and under regulation. That is where are we at here? Driving Where's the where my scoring stats? There we go. Opportunities gained. That is a green in or under regulation 15 feet. We'll just make that 10% guys that are generating birdie opportunities or guys, if they hit it out of bounds, they can still put it within par range in order to try to save their par. We'll go five and five for the proximity ranges, uh, just to give those a look. And for off the tee, we'll go 10 and 10. Where are we at here in terms of overall? We got seven or we got 25% more to play with here. So we're going to drag down approach back to 35. I don't know why I keep sticking at 36. We're going to make these par, this par four range. We're going to make that 10%. We'll put in putting at five to 10, 5%, and then 10 to 15 at 5%. Well, we still got 5% to go. I don't want to jack it up too much in terms of approach because I don't want to overweight that because I know exactly the types of guys that it's going to give me. Uh, we'll just chuck in T to green, just kind of take an all-encompassing view of what's going on and rate that at 5%. So we'll load in the model, see how that goes. I'm guessing Rory will probably be number one. Who else would be pretty high up? Fitz, Hatton, Connors. They'll all rate out really well. Leash, probably Casey. Woodland should actually see a pretty decent boost here as well. Luke List still going on from what we have. So past 50 rounds, Mito, Connors, Rory, Keegan, Henley, Damon, Laird. Oh, now it jumped on me. Svensson, Casey, EVR, Russell Knox. Yeah, Russell Knox would be another one in that category who gains off the tee. Gotta stop clicking the button here. So let's see. Guys that gain off the tee, but also gain in terms of fairways. You got Connors. You got Fitz. You got Tyler Duncan. Uh, they're all up on that list. Hayden Buckley is another one who does quite well at both those things. Ryan Armour, you can see, 22nd in strokes gained off the tee. First in fairway game. Maybe it's easier to do it this way. Sort by fairways gained and work backwards. Arm, so here are the guys that would qualify probably top 30 in both. Or even top 35, top 40 once we're looking for deeper sleepers in this field. So you got Ryan Armour. See, Brian's, here's my example on Brian Stewart and Chez Reby. They're both second in terms of fairways gained overall, but they're 97th and 134th in the field in strokes gained off the tee. Those are probably the guys you want to avoid in this situation. So T-Dunks, Laird, Herman's kind of on the fringe of that. Russell Knox works out well. Answer, Streelman, there he is. Bryce Garnett, Kadira, Joel Damon, Aaron Rye, Hayden Buckley. Who else do we got here? James Hahn? There we are. Matthew Fitzpatrick is another one. Corey Connors is another one we could potentially go to. Lee Hodges. Uh, see, woo, Kim. Ooh, I like that a lot. See, woo, Kim. So, see, woo, Kim's going to win. Easy stuff. Austin Smotherman is another one we can throw up there. The Gim Reaper kind of rates out okay in both. EVR rates out okay in both, as does Davis Riley. Uh, Alex Smalley. So now we're, you know, we're digging a little bit deeper here. Troy Merritt is another one. This is over the past 50 rounds. Obviously, we can shrink down this sample size to see maybe we want someone who's, maybe they found something with their driver. Who knows how they found anything with their driver going forward? And maybe a shorter sample size 
will allow us to find players that uh, are even deeper sleepers, potentially. Let's see here. Streelman continues to rate out really well. Laird, Armour, that hasn't changed. Adam Long, uh, who was looking pretty good in Mexico, till he wasn't. Uh, maybe he can rally on a Sunday. Who knows? Uh, you see Stewart still, once again, he and Austin Cook hitting fairways, but still not being able to gain off the tee. Harmon, all right, answer. All right. Damon is losing it off the tee, but continuing to hit a ton of fairways. Hayden Buck, he's still up there. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Corey Connors continues to rate out well. Kadira drops a little bit off the tee, but still 24th. Rye drops a little bit off the tee. Henley, now he's not gaining a ton off the tee, but he is hitting a ton of fairways. This does feel like a Russell Henley course, to be perfectly honest with you. Siwoo Kim continuing to do well uh, in both those. Matthew Smith, Brennan Steele. Okay, now we got uh, a bit more information, finding some new guys. K.H. Lee, this is a TPC course. He's going to go defend his title on Bentgrass next week at the Craig Ranch, so maybe that can work out for him. Smotherman. Eric Van Royen, Max Homa all of a sudden now pops up uh, as in gaining more on his fairways. Cam Young is another one who continues to do pretty well, although he's been burning us lately. Maybe we can go back to that. Seamus Power, Kramer Hickok, JT Poston, Chase Seifert. These are all guys towards the bottom end we can look at. Because listen, we, we know we want to play Fitz and Rory and Hatton and Leash and all these guys. I mean, obviously we want to play them, but the same time uh, if we we need to round out our DraftKings rosters or try to find top 40 plays first round leader plays amongst this whole mix so you can see this is what I'm talking about with Sun Kang look at this putting it's the only reason he's doing well because he's not doing well he did make the cut in Mexico which is good for him I suppose but it's been a really bad run Probably should have seen it coming. I mean, he did miss the cut in Corrales, but did play well in Puerto Rico. That was our biggest comp course. And I think that actually did kind of come true. Obviously, the same guys didn't have the most success at both those events. But I still think that shows you pretty well what's going on uh, in terms of the skill set that we're looking for this week. Uh, and I mean, for the Mexico Open for this week, I mean, maybe Kang can patch something together. You can see from his Quicken Loans, uh, third and fifth in two appearances, the irons were great. The irons were a lot better back then at the same time. So take that for a grain of salt. But the putting has been immaculate. Mitchell, Rory, been one of the best putters from 10 to 15 feet, one of the worst in the field from 5 to 10 feet. So you got Chess and Hadley has been good at both. Tway Day. You know, you really wish that better players were good at this. Fratelli is doing pretty well in both. We'll see 5 to 10. Hatton, Straka. Hey, Morgan Hoffman's playing. Good for him. Denny. Denny's a weird one. Denny's fourth 5 to 10 and 130th from 10 to 15. That's kind of insane to think about uh, when we start thinking about this long term. Reed is a complete outlier because he's playing like crap in Mexico, but he's still not necessarily in the mix, but he's having a pretty good week. Lahiri's been good from both those ranges. You can see Cam Young has been putting the lights out. Uh, top 20 from both those ranges. Bo Hossler inside the top 50 from both ranges. Tway, Seamus Power's been putting pretty well. Kramer Hickok's been putting pretty well. It'd be nice if we had, like, good players doing well. Poor Gary. He, he went the complete opposite direction. Hey, there's Matthew Wolf. Uh, he was top 25 in both those ranges. That's going to be significantly changed after this week. But the Tita Green is going to continue to go up and up and up. That putting is going to take a massive dip unless he gains it all back in the final round at the Mexico Open. Yaga bombs. Jager bombs is somewhat interesting here. I think he's having, he is having a good week in Mexico. How had he been doing coming in? Four straight missed cuts. Okay, no finish better than T20, which was in the Bermuda. That's weird. 
for some reason, I feel like he has like good rounds mixed in. He was 13th in his one year, gained seven strokes putting on the field that week. So maybe that's where all that is coming from. I mean, we can zoom out with this stuff too and take a look at the past 100 rounds. It's going to take a second to load itself in uh, because now we're drawing from the past 100 rounds for, what is it, 144 players in this field? 144 players? 156 players? We haven't had a 156-person field in a really long time. We'll take a look at that fairways gained again. You can see longer-term Reeves a little bit better. Uh, Answer is great. Streelman is great. Duncan is great. Connors is the best between those two numbers of anyone in the field. Knox, as you can see by the numbers leading into it, has been getting a lot better recently. Gim, Jim Herman, Joel Damon. Damon's probably worth a look here if he can make a few putts. Fitzpatrick does this really, really well in terms of the driving. So does Siwoo, KH Lee, Hayden Buckley once again, another one that pops up. And we take a look at the five-foot putting over time. We'll see how Denny McCarthy rates out. Uh, you can see that long-term... So over, so this is something that I talk about Brandon DeGula with. And the whole segment is on, can you predict putting? And realistically, 5 to 15 foot putting is the most important. That has the biggest impact on win probability of anyone. Is it predictable? So long term, Denny is great from 10 to 15 feet. Over the past 100 rounds, he's awesome. He's 13th in this field. However, when we zoomed into the past... 24 rounds he was one of the worst guys in the field from that range does that mean he's going to reverse normalize and actually go back to being a great putter once again i think that's probably what it's telling us that doesn't mean it's going to happen this week obviously but it's somewhere to look at you can see brian Harmon kind of rates out really well for exactly what i'm looking for here too uh top 15 in both of the key putting ranges 18th in fairways gained and 34th in strokes gained off the tee former winner of the wells fargo championship that was the year at eagles point uh when the pga championship was at quail hollow so don't get that confused the wells fargo championship that wasn't at quail hollow the year of the pga championship was not at tpc potomac the quicken loans is where that was we get to get the odds a little bit later on we're gonna find out that i think that rory is going to have weird overvalue in the betting market now he's going to be the favorite because he's rory and he's the best player in this field coming in and overall but he's going to get wells fargo cred because it's the name of the tournament and he's won at quail hollow three times in his career just this isn't at quail hollow but you know most people aren't going to realize that when the books open so that will end up getting adjusted over time how many players are in this field let's see here field size 156 wow it's gonna be a tough week of six of six trying to get through the cut line here long term let's see who the best are on these hard holes konos all right, Day, Connors. Day is another one who's won at Quail Hollow, but not here, obviously. Connors, I mean, everything points to Connors. He's going to miss the cut by 3,000 strokes when everyone is on him this week. But whatever his opening number is, and you want to bet Corey Connors, bet it immediately because that is going down as soon as possible. I don't know what to make of answer. He's He made the cut in Mexico, but he still does not look right. But I can see my card being like Connors, Hatton, Maybe not Hatton. Connors, Cam Young, Fitzpatrick, that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I'm going on. Listen, I, I head off to Europe on Tuesday night, so I'm going to have to get in these pretty early on. But we can see, and even when we juxtapose this with putting, that's what makes Corey Connors more impressive. You see, he's not a disaster putting from in close. And, of course, that diminishes three 
putt uh, or three putts in general, that's probably good for him. So that is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Keegan plays these really well. Hatton plays these really well. The Gim Reaper, Rory, Cam Young, Luke List does pretty well, although he's a disaster from that key putting range that we talked about. Matthew Wolf has played them well. I mean, I'm putting Damon on the short list. I don't know if I'm going to bet him, but Things seem to be going pretty well for him and what I want to see. Armor, strangely enough, is another one. Seamus Power, I think it's time to put him back on the radar. You know that Max Homa is going to be overvalued, so he just is because he's so popular amongst people who bet on golf. But if you get a good number on Homa, not a terrible time to go after him. Another winner of the Wells Fargo Championship in the past, but again, net at this course. Man, Webb's putter was horrible at the RBC Heritage. Hmm. Interesting stuff. So those are the guys that just generally rate out pretty well this week. Um, well, that's uh, how I'm choosing to look at it for the moment. But there are some other things that I kind of want to look into as well. Primarily, let's just go back and take a look at strokes gained overall. I want to take a look at bent grass putting. And let's see if we can identify some players who, let's say, pass 36 rounds on each of them. Maybe that's not enough. Let's go past 50 rounds. I know this is going to draw from way too big of a sample, but I do want to see over time, guys, that maybe are a little bit better. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to our putting stats, and this is a way that you can utilize the mixed condition model. And frankly, the mixed condition model is probably better than the overall model if you're really trying to hammer down on things like, hey, who's the best at 7,200 yards? Maybe we'll take a look at that too on courses that play a little bit shorter. But I want to switch over to strokes game putting for a second, because I want to see the discrepancy to see if we can find some outliers, guys that are just better on bent grass than they are overall. Uh, so let's take a look at strokes game putting, and we'll say regular, and we'll call that pass 50. Pass 50 rounds, strokes game putting, we'll throw that into the model, just so we can take a look at it. Now we're going to go down to our filters, and we're going to put on, where are we at here? Bent grass greens. And now we are going to re-add strokes game putting, into the model, but we're going to call this pass 50 bent and see if we can find some massive outliers either way as it pertains to guys that might be able to do pretty well to the green. Oh, yeah. Apologies for this. This was a stat provider uh, problem that we had with the PGA Tour this week. It sucks. I know for anyone who wanted to play Showdown, um, Moose is working on it uh, feverishly, and so is the entire tech team. I wish I could help out more, but I don't know anything about APIs and techs and site integration or anything like that. But hey, uh, you know, eventually we'll get that figured out just a little bit. So we waited them both at 50 but really what we want to do is just it doesn't matter what the weights are we just want to take a look at who the best putters are and juxtapose them with playing on bent grass greens so you can see hostler good on both Mackenzie hughes good on both Mackenzie Hughes is actually the best bent grass putter in the field martin trainer takes a huge dip he's first in strokes game putting overall 59th on bent grass so what we really want to see are guys that maybe flip the other way lucas glover much better on bent trey mullenix better on bent schwartzel significantly better on bent 132 to 62nd in the field who else do we have here matt jones putts better on bent grass greens uh, dirt mcgirt <laughs> Dirt McGirt. Oh, Kurt Kitayama. There we go. Uh, let's see here. Paul Baljean is another one. 106 uh, overall, 36th on bent grass. Uh, gaining a, I mean, it's not a ton of sample from Pat Baljean, but he did, he does gain 0.5 per round on bent grass. Here's a big jumper, Ben Martin. We always call him Bermuda Benny, but apparently it's bent grass Benny when we look at it. Finau goes from 88th to 39th on bent grass. 
K.H. Uh, Lee, better on bent, marginally. So is Jonas Blixt. Now let's try to find some real outliers. Jim Konos, way better. Cameron Davis, 75th, normally 13th on bent grass greens. Bo Haug from 69th to 22nd. Stuart Sink, better on bent as well. Curtis Thompson, better on bent. Austin Cook, better on bent. Here's a huge jump. Andrew Putnam, 58th to 6th. Jason Day, 56th to 11th on bent grass greens. You can see some of the guys go the other way, like Damon's a lot worse. Davis Riley is significantly worse. Not a huge sample. Webb Simpson has been getting better on bent grass greens overall. So that's interesting to see. Keith Mitchell's right around the same. Uh, We always thought that he had a proclivity for Bermuda grass, but apparently that is not the case. Abstraka goes from 38th to 23rd. Abraham Answer, 31st to 5th on bent grass. Uh, Dylan Wu goes the other way. Cam Young has goes way, goes way the other way. So does Hickok. So does uh, Kadira. Brandon Wu is another one who goes the other way. Sung Kang, despite the fact that he has putted well at this tournament, 19th in strokes gained overall, 94th. And maybe we need to shrink down our bent size. There's many ways that you can play this. I suggest that you go mess around with it. Zach Johnson and Rory get a huge bump on these types of greens. So to Pat Perez and Patrick Reed, Johnson Wagner is just good at putting overall. Leishman, way worse on bent than he is just overall. That's really interesting to see. He's a ninth overall, 112th on bent grass greens. So that's probably worth noting. Trainer, I mentioned, is someone who drops significantly. No one else like Kucha goes from 5th to 24th. That's not that. That's like within the range that you would expect. Hatton drops quite a bit, and so does Fitz. Fitz goes from 17th to 64th. And Hatton goes from uh, 14th to 52nd. Still above average in this field. He's still gaining on the field. 0.2 per round for Hatton. But that is, no, I wouldn't say a significant drop-off, but it's enough to be like, oh, okay. Maybe that's that's not the route that I want to go. You can even see with Cam Young. And maybe these guys just have not played enough on bent for it really to make a statistical difference. There's always that when we look into it too. So, you know, pick and choose with what you want to see and try to look at it from as many angles as possible possible and maybe that can end up being something that's a little bit better i want to go back to the custom stat model that actually let's just go to regular strokes game that's probably easier this is the 7200 yard we'll just kind of go for that par 72 we'll kind of keep that down so people can't feast on these short courses that have four par fives tastes like pebble out of the equation when it comes down to it in monterey and spyglass i think those are par 72s or par 71s overall so we'll take a look at the past 50 rounds in terms of par 70s that play less than 7200 yards best player in the field webb simpson jason day Rory McIlroy, Paul Casey, Matt Kuchar, Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Reed Leishman, Brennan Steele. Steele's going on the short list. Uh, His recent numbers are actually quite good. Mackenzie Hughes plays these really well, too. He's been bad recently, like really bad. So maybe it could be a nice little rebound point for old Mac Hughes now that we're back on the the bent grass swing of the PGA Tour, but it has not been looking good. I can't believe he made the cut at the Masters. He must have put it really well that week. Of course, we don't have any of that information. Although, look, he went through the bent grass version last year. Charles Schwab, Memorial, missed the cut at both of those. Did pretty well at Rocket Mortgage, which is also on bent grass. So, you know, it's interesting to see with Mackenzie Hughes. Probably not going to get there for him. The glove is probably one I can get into. I mean, Herman's going to be a bet for me. That sucks. Every time I bet Brian Herman, he absolutely reeks. Like, he's legit bad whenever I use Brian Herman. Although I could use the Brian Herman luck. Guy has to be one of the luckiest players on the PGA Tour. Uh, But he did rate out really well what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah, here we go. The glove? 
Get him back on bent. You can even see his bent strokes here. Much less uh, losing strokes on bent. He still loses on bent, but much less than he does on Bermuda or even Poana. So that's interesting to look at. Uh, you can see, I mean, bent is Harmon's worst surface, but he's still good. He's gaining 0.2 strokes per round on bent. Uh, the approach was awful at the Heritage, but it's been, you know, he's been inconsistent. The driver's been really good, though. So if he can save himself with the putter, which he has been doing as of recent times, where, you know, 2.4 at the Heritage, came fifth at the Valspar, that was 7.6. So we know that he has those big upside weeks. He's like better Denny McCarthy, if we're really digging into it a little bit. So... Guys who are past 50 rounds, strokes gained total in this field. Uh, let's see, any other weird outliers? Sergio's up there. Garnett, Finau. Finau will be an interesting look. He was first tee to green through three rounds in Mexico. Dude couldn't make a putt until day three, though. Uh, eh. List, Woodland, Damon, he's up there. Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell might be another look as well. It could be worth noting, too, that maybe... Actually, you know what? I want to run the, the model again. And I want to take a look at the that driving number uh, versus fairways gained on the shorter courses. Because maybe that will reveal something to us. Maybe it won't. Of guys that gain more fairways than normal when they're not trying to absolutely crush the ball. So let's see. Who do we have here? It's, uh, it's a lot of the same people at these shorter courses. Reavy does get a lot better in the strokes gained off the tee department. There's our guy Molinari. Now this is reaching a lot more back in time. For Molinari, it probably includes this course when he won. Let's see. Actually, it doesn't. Good for him. Actually, yes, it does. It absolutely does. Where's Quicken Loans? There we are. Quicken Loans. Yeah, when he absolutely mashed the field in terms of driving and fairways gain. So his numbers go back to 2013. Maybe we need to shrink down this sample a little bit and go past 24 rounds. Let's see what we're dealing with there. Probably set that overall when we're looking for it. We probably don't need numbers from nine years ago as we try to parse through a lot of these stats. All right, let's see what we got. Oh, Lurkin Gross. That's a person. Is that a creative player? Jacob Bridgeman? Who are these people? Okay. Fairways gained. So, we still have Stewart, Armour, Hickok, Duncan, Answer, Malinari, Reavy, Damon, Rye, Henley. Steele, there he is once again. But And so Henley gets a lot better. Steele gets a lot better in terms of the driving that we're looking for. Obviously, Mawanari is really good. Sort by stroke. Actually, we'll go back this way here. So Stewart still sucks off the tee, but is gaining the most. As we shrink the course down, Duncan Armour and Hickok do a lot better. We know that Hickok was one of those outliers from Bent that we just looked at that we probably do not want to target. He also sucks with his irons uh, most of the time. So that's probably something to watch out for as well. Aaron Rye. Man, continues to pop up. All right, let's go Aaron Rye. You're on You're on the squad of the early team early look. Uh, Answer is still up there. Steele is up there. Keegs, Garnett, who are some good? There's Streelman again. Uh, continues to rate out really well. Keegan does great at this stuff. Keegan, you're going on the show. How has Keegan been playing? He's been so off my radar in 2022. Eighth miscut, fifth. 11th. Probably shouldn't have been. That's probably why I'm not winning a ton of money, because I'm not playing Keegan Bradley, apparently. Uh, rates out really well. And the putting hasn't been a disaster. That's a big key, by the way. Not being a disaster. This is a disaster at the Farmers when he lost 4.1 strokes. That's only in three weighted rounds. Minus 0.3, that's fine. Minus 1.1, that's probably also fine for him as well. And you can see Bent is by far his... You know, 
It's his best surface, uh, by and large. When we go back and take a look at his wins over time, I believe Bridgestone, that was bent. Uh, BMW from the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, we don't have his PGA Championship in here yet. Bridgestone, bent grass is a winner, par 70. So par 70 for the BMW Championship at Aronimic as well. Similar part of the country, also bent grass greens. Interesting to think about that maybe Keegan should be an outright bet this week. Maybe he can cobble something together because the stats are showing us that he's pretty good. There's Connors. He's going to rate out really well. Streelman, Jonas Blix, that Blix number is probably from like 2008 or something. Adam Svensson's another one who does pretty well on this. As you can see, this is kind of interesting. On a shorter course, Fitzpatrick. Now, maybe this is dependent on maybe a lot of this is the Players' Championship. Uh, Let's see. So the Players does not qualify for this. Fairways gained usually does pretty well. Uh, Off the tees, kind of wayward a little bit, which is really strange to think about on courses of this length interesting stuff not what i would have expected and we'll see let's see the 175 to 200 bucket leishman's the best mac hughes smalley another one smalley's going on the short list he's just been playing too good at golf to really overlook at this point you can see that's the money range for bo hostler as well the money range for mito Pereira. so there's many different ways that we can look at these um and try to parse through you can almost get stats to tell you whatever you want them to tell you so you have to keep that in mind too when you're looking through everything but i think this is just a very interesting way to go about trying to research a tournament that we haven't seen in a really long time so I think we should guess the odds for the Wells Fargo Championship. I think that Rory is going to be the favorite as a three-time winner of this event, albeit not at this course, which people, again, are not going to realize right off the hop. I'm going to make Rory 10 to 1. He might even be shorter than that if he gets that event history bump going into it. Who is second? is probably a pretty good question here. You can make a case for a lot of guys. So you have Connors, Answer, Fitz, Hatton, Leishman, Casey, Webb, Finau, Henley, and Herman. Based on DraftKings Sportsbook odds, it's probably going to be Russell Henley. I guess if Cameron Tringali's in the field, it might be him too. But I'm going to say it's probably Fitzpatrick, and we'll call Fitzpatrick 16-1. to Call Hatton 20-1, to Connors 20-1, to Answer 22-1, to Casey 25, Leishman 25, Webb, they've been dangling 30s. Henley will call 25 to 1. Finau, call him 28 to 1. Ugh, that's not great. Those don't sound right. I guess it all depends on where Rory gets priced and then who gets bumped down from that next tier. So Rory 10, and then you would have like Fitz, Hatton, Answer, Connors, Leishman, Casey, Henley, all in that like 15 to 25 bucket. Different sites are going to have different odds on this kind of thing. So, you know, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. They've been pretty good at the top end by overvaluing a favorite, thus pushing that like second to 15th player down the board a little bit. That's been their money range if you've wanted to bet with them recently. And then you're going to have like Harmon, Woodland, Sergio, Homa. See, woo! Kim, they're all going to be in the 35 to 75 range. Day, Reed, Fowler, Kang, Power, Vegas. Uh, who else are we throwing on this list? So Harmon's going to be a check. Smalley's going to be a check. So I, I favored it eight guys. Who do we got here? Smalley. So Keegan, 
Smalley, Keegan, Rye, Power, Damon, Harmon, Steele, and Keith Mitchell were the eight guys that I put stars through as we went through this exercise as potential outrights, potential sleepers. Obviously, this is all going to be price dependent on how they come out at the odds books and what their pricing is on DraftKings. But again, very intriguing to go look at as maybe we catch some good value on these guys. And I will be betting Corey Connors. Down in the description, I want to know your early lean for winner. For me, it's Corey Connors. I am betting Corey Connors this week. Probably going to be a pretty small card because I'm leaving before Wednesday and I won't have all of the information. So probably just outrights, probably very few each ways unless someone is just hilariously down the board that I want to go with. But that's what I'm seeing. For TPC Potomac, the Wells Fargo Championship, we hope we can have a big week. If you want to do the walkthrough, look for your own stats, make your own models, fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. I want a showdown contest for USFL this week. I've been printing on USFL, uh, all because of runthesims.com. I just go hit optimize. It takes me like three minutes to optimize export, upload, and pick my contests on DraftKings. It's been a real revelation, really saving my bankroll. I'm going to have a lot to fire here at the PGA Championship in a few weeks, especially, I don't know if they have DraftKings available in France, so maybe I have to take the week off at the Bunny Ranch. Probably a good week to take off anyway. I don't know. But that will do it for me. So runthesims.com slash mayo gets you 10% off those USFL projections, by the way, if you want to jump into that. Maybe I was third in the early game, then I was first in the late game. We'll see how Sunday goes. Hopefully I can continue to do well. That's after three second place showdown finishes the week before with the same exports on runthesims.com for USFL. No one gives a shit about the USFL, me included. I'm not watching this stuff. I woke up in the morning and won a showdown contest. Never won a showdown contest before. It was a seven-way split, but still, I like coming in first. That's nice. Maybe I can parlay that through a little bit too. Quail Hollow after all this research. So thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.